Taxi. Mom, what are you doing? This is the 77 WABC minicast. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. There are very few names in the worlds of history, the arts, literature, the theater, that immediately, just one word, just saying that name, immediately conveys credibility. Not only conveys credibility, it conveys an aura of being highbrow, of being distinguished. That name, of course, is... Shakespeare, And I'm not talking about Ed Shakespeare that used to write for the Brooklyn Daily Eagle. No, William Shakespeare. But an interesting thing has happened, particularly over the last couple of hundred years. Shakespeare's life has turned into a big mystery that people are pouring over. There are more theories about what happened in William Shakespeare's life and the authorship of his work than there are about the Kennedy assassination. And there have been a lot of great books written on this. There's even a couple of very interesting movies on this subject. But if you're interested in literature, if you're interested in literary history, but you love a great detective story, then a book you absolutely have to check out is Shakespeare Was a Woman and Other Heresies. Its author is journalist Elizabeth Winkler, whose work has appeared all over the place. And uh, this is uh, just a beautiful, beautiful piece of literature in its own right. And it causes a lot of people to do some thinking about history. And it may even bring you a smile or two throughout the read. Elizabeth, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Frank. Thanks so much for having me on. Elizabeth, uh, before we get into some of the theories that you explore in the book and the very provocative, very creative title, tell me about your history as it relates to Shakespeare, namely the skepticism about Shakespeare and Shakespeare's authorship. Were you always a Shakespearean truther or did you start out buying the conventional wisdom that Shakespeare actually wrote all his plays? Oh no, I was a very dutiful Shakespeare student uh, at Princeton and Stanford, you know, towing the line, writing my papers, never really thought about the authorship question, you know, because when you're in school, you really, you, you study the plays. And there's not a lot of discussion of the biography or the person who wrote them. But I'd heard, you sort of hear, you know, I think there was an English teacher once who mentioned, oh, some people think it was really Christopher Marlowe or the Earl of Oxford. You hear that there's this question around the authorship. And I wondered why so many great writers and thinkers, Henry James, Mark Twain, Walt Whitman, Vladimir Nabokov, uh, the historian, Pulitzer Prize winning historian, numerous Supreme Court justices, all these people thought that Shakespeare was a pseudonym for a concealed author. Um, And I thought it was really interesting that these very, very sharp minds in literature and history and the evaluation of evidence um, all suspected this. And I wanted to know why. And I especially wanted to know why the subject was not talked about within English literature departments by Shakespeare professors, why they why they sort of ignored it, glossed over it. And I just started digging into it. And it's a fantastic mystery detective story. And the people who have any of your listeners who have looked into it will understand that it just sort of sucks you in. It, it certainly does. It certainly does. And uh, people, if they're interested in being sucked in, should check out Shakespeare Was a Woman and Other Heresies, How Doubting the Bard Became the Biggest Taboo in Literature. And l- let's let's say, Elizabeth, that uh, belief that Shakespeare may not have written the Shakespearean plays is maybe on par with believing that Kennedy was killed by multiple gunmen or that UFOs visit us on a regular basis, it seems like the 
people that are pushing so strongly against these alternative Shakespeare theories are the folks, are the Shakespearean scholars themselves. Who is this august group? They themselves seem pretty mysterious, maybe even more mysterious than the Hollywood foreign press. Who are the guardians of the Shakespearean <laughs> reputation? Well, Shakespeare scholars are, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're a subset of English literature professors who specialize in literary criticism and particularly in literary analysis of the plays. Um, and I, you know, I've loved my Shakespeare professors. They're wonderful people, brilliant writers and, and um, thinkers often. I, I would push back a little bit against the comparison that, you know, conspiracy theories about the Kennedy assassination or moon landing things. I, you know, I think history historians understand that the past is always uh, subject to differing interpretations and actually debates about the past. You know, we're constantly rewriting what happened in the American South or, um, you know, history of Native Americans in this country. All sorts of histories are constantly being rewritten. So, you know, it's about interpretation. It's about how you interpret the evidence. And with Shakespeare, the evidence is pretty strange. It's pretty um, absent in places that you would expect the evidence for his authorship to be there. And some people argue that there's evidence pointing to a different author. So it's really it's you know it's, it's how you it's how you analyze these different versions of the past. And by the way, I wasn't trying to be dismissive of the alternative theories. I am a JFK conspiracy theorist and believe uh, aliens are visiting us on a regular basis. So just so you know oh, okay. what side of the ledger I'm on. <laughs> um, what do we know about William Shakespeare's life? What do we know for certain? What's unquestioned by anybody? Well, we know when he was born and when he died in Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, we know that he was a businessman. We know that he became a shareholder in a theater company in London. Um, we know he was a real estate investor. We know he engaged in petty lawsuits. Um, we know he died quite a wealthy man. Uh, he, When he died, he left a will bequeathing his assets to various people. Um, very meticulous will, but didn't mention any books, poems, plays, any writing life of any kind. It's a, it's a bizarre absence in his will because at the time of his death, only about half of the plays had been published. And you would think that um, a great writer would you know, have some concern for the preservation right. of their life's work, but he didn't mention anything about writing. So that, that's one example of one of, of the, the kind of peculiarity um, in the documentary record. Um, but, you know, he was a real person. Uh, no, there's no question about that. The argument that some people make is that another writer essentially used his name as a pen name, you know, which was actually quite a common practice in the Renaissance. It was a great age of pseudonymity and anonymity. And writers had a lot of really good reasons for wanting to conceal their authorship. You know, it was not an age of free speech. You could get thrown into prison or have your hand chopped off for uh, criticizing the monarchy or wow. the church. Um, you know, women often use pseudonyms in this age for the obvious reasons that they have throughout history. It was not considered proper for women to be publishing works. Nobility were not really supposed to be publishing works of um, works of drama. It was considered sort of beneath their station. So all slews of people were using um various means to conceal their authorship. I know you indicated that Shakespeare did very well financially while he was alive. Was he successful at all because of his writings? And if his plays weren't necessarily a big deal when he was alive, when did Shakespeare kind of rise to the level of cultural prominence that he occupies today? Well, writing uh, then as now was not a great way to make money, actually. 
um, you didn't you didn't become rich as a writer. He became rich because he was a businessman and he was a shareholder in the theater company, which was clever. And he had a lot of property investments in, in London and Stratford. Um, so that, that that's why he had a lot of money. I mean, it doesn't really have anything. There's no evidence that he was ever even paid for writing. For other writers of the period, you can find documents paying them for writing or referring to them as writers. You can't find that for Shakespeare. But the works of Shakespeare, the plays and poems, were famous um, in the Renaissance. They were well-known. Other poets talked about them, referred to them. Um, they were, uh, you know, some of his early poems were bestsellers. They flew off the, the bookshelves of, um, of London. 